Good morning there to you, my friends. How are you doing this morning? How was your night? I hope we all have had a good night rest. And God bless you. How has your week been in all? Even your month. I hope we all have also enjoyed the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ all through the week. And our month even. Welcome to another weekend in his presence, and you, of course, are welcome to review. It is your host and your dear friend here, Esther. Good morning, our gracious Heavenly Father. Oh, how we love you. We thank you for safe arrival into your presence again this weekend. Oh, we thank you, Father, for all that has been during the week and the month even. But we thank you for your grace and your covenant, the covenant of mercy with which you have walked with us and worked with us. And we sing praise be to your holy name this morning in the name of Jesus. Oh, dear God, we have come to end our month with you, just like we started with you. And we invite you this morning, Holy Spirit, come and have your way. Come and take your place. Teach us yourself that you may give us the grace for the application of your word unto the journey of our lives and faith. But right now, I plead the blood of Jesus Christ upon every heart and ears, studying together with us, listening, that we all receive a heart of understanding. At the end of today's session, O oh God, may we come back to give you all glory. Thank you, Father. For in Jesus Christ's mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Welcome once more to Review, friends. And let's get on. Let's continue with our topic, Rushing Ahead Equals Disaster, Part 2. Rushing Ahead Equals Disaster. Part 2. And so part of what we'll be looking at or talking about today is or are what causes us to be in a rush sometimes. You know, even when we know we shouldn't. When we really know within us, it's not the best option. Or it's not the next thing to do. And we just go for it anyway. But before we do that, let's, let's read from the book of 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 10, where we shall be reading verses 1 and 8. And then we go on to read chapter 13 from verse 6 to 14. 1 Samuel. Friends, join me as we read together 1 Samuel chapter 10, verses 1 and 8. And then we go on to chapter 13 from verse 6 to 14. But can I implore you, friends, to read from the places we are not going to be reading from uh, during your study time. Because of time, because of our time right now, God bless you. So 1 Samuel chapter 10, verses 1 and 8. And then we go on to chapter 13 from verse 6 through to 14. So verse 1, start and read from chapter 10. Then Samuel took a flask of olive oil and poured it over Saul's head. He kissed Saul 
and said, I am doing this because the Lord has appointed you to be the ruler over Israel, his special possession. Now come with me, friends, to verse 8. And it says, Then go down to Gilgal ahead of me. I will join you there to sacrifice burnt offerings and peace offerings. You must wait for seven days until I arrive and give you further instructions. Please let's pay attention to that. You must wait for seven days until I arrive and give you further instructions. Amen. So let's go to chapter 13. 1 Samuel chapter 13. Let's start reading from verse 6 through to 14. 1 Samuel 13 from verse 6 reads, The men of Israel saw what a tight spot they were in, and because they were hard-pressed by the enemy, they tried to hide in caves, thickets, rocks, holes, and cisterns. Some of them crossed the Jordan River and escaped into the land of God and Gilead. Meanwhile, Saul stayed at Gilgal, and his men were trembling with fear. Saul waited there seven days for Samuel. You remember where we read just then in chapter 10, verse 8, where Samuel had instructed Saul to wait for him at Gilgal for seven days. So here now it says, verse 8, let me take that again. Saul waited there seven days for Samuel, as Samuel had instructed him earlier. But Samuel still didn't come. Saul realized that his troops were rapidly slipping away. So he demanded, bring me the burnt offering and the peace offerings. And Saul sacrificed the burnt offering himself. Just as Saul was finishing with the burnt offering, Samuel arrived. Saul went out to me. Saul went out to me and welcomed him. But Samuel said, What is this you have done? Saul replied, I saw my men scattering from me, and you didn't arrive. When you said you would, and the Philistines are at Michmash ready for battle. So I said, the Philistines are ready to march against us at Gilgal, and I haven't even asked for the Lord's help. So I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering myself before you came. Verse 13, how foolish, Samuel exclaimed. You have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. Had you kept it, the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. Verse 14, and where we shall stop. But now your kingdom must end. For the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. The Lord has already appointed him to be the leader of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. 
The Lord bless the reading together. Or if you were listening to his holy word. Amen. He had a good first impression at the beginning. But by the time Saul was established as king over Israel, his character or qualities contradicted those first impressions. And this is why first impressions can be deceiving or misleading at times. At the beginning of his reign, Saul was obedient and patient, listening, obeying, and following the guidance of the prophet Samuel from God. And God gave him victory upon victory in battle. But in chapter 13, Saul rushed ahead and tried to justify his actions. Instead of waiting for the priest, Samuel, Saul offered the sacrifice himself, thereby going against God's law in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 12, and also against Samuel's instruction, the specific instruction Samuel gave him for him to wait. I mean, they had different office. You know, Samuel was a priest. Saul was a leader, a king. He was not meant to do what was Samuel's job. Likewise, Samuel was not meant to do what was Saul's job. But he, he, he went ahead. He knew he had to wait and not do what he did. But he did anyway. Just like you and I do sometimes, like I said earlier, even if and when we know. And what happened? Disaster. His kingdom was torn from him. His kingdom was taken from him. Just when he rushed, just because he had rushed, he refused to wait. He refused to be patient. So, friends, why do we feel the need to rush ahead sometimes, even if and or when we know we shouldn't? Why do we feel the need to rush? If you remember what Saul said, he said, I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering myself. Why do we feel the need to rush? Number one. Pressure. If you have ever been under pressure, then you will know it is difficult to trust God in those times, friends. Let's be honest. It is. We know we should be trusting. But we are in a hurry. We want things done right there and then. I mean, Saul thought, Time was running out, just like Abram and Sarai thought. Remember where we read last week in Genesis? Just like Abram and Sarai thought, we're getting too old for all of this getting pregnant and having baby stuff. We are. Time is not on our side. You see, we become impatient, under pressure, when we are faced 
with hard times or what? Difficult situation, we become impatient with God's timing. You see, God suddenly becomes too slow in showing up. And we think to ourselves, if I don't do something about this, I'll lose out and I may even lose all. Meanwhile, God often uses delay to test our patience. Why do we feel the need to rush ahead sometimes? Number two. Number one, we talked about pressure. Number two, fear of isolation. Number two, fear of isolation. Please come with me again, friends. Let's read 1 Samuel chapter 13 verses 11 and 12 again. Let me remind you what Saul said. 1 Samuel chapter, chapter 13 verses 11 and 12. But Samuel said, what is this you have done? Saul replied, I saw my man scattering from me and you didn't arrive when you said you would. And the Philistines are at Michmash, ready for battle. So I said, the Philistines are ready to march against us at Gilgal. And I haven't even asked for the Lord's help. So I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering myself before you came. Mm. See, it's not asking the Lord's help. So, was really after, but that his men were leaving him. His men were scattering from him, you see. His men might scatter from him and he'll be left alone, probably with few. And the Philistines were closing in and will con conquer Israel. And what a shame. That would have brought to Israel, to his kingdom, as a whole king of Israel. But he had forgotten that number does not matter to God. You see, God can decide to operate with plenty as well as with few or a handful even. He had forgotten that his focus should have been on God alone. And that once God is on his side, he could never be defeated. But he rushed ahead. He rushed ahead to keep those men happy and to stay with him. You see, he made that sacrifice to please those men so they won't scatter from him. That was all Paul was after, he made that sacrifice that Samuel was meant to make to please those men, to please his men of war. So they won't scatter from him. And do you know, friends, that we also find ourselves in Saul's situation at times? You see, those are the times we want to keep certain people in our lives happy. We want to please them. You know, forgetting that one with God 
is more than tens of thousands. We want their friendship at all costs, thinking if they leave, then what becomes of me? If he or she leaves, who helped me? Same way Saul said, I saw my men scattering. He was afraid. He allowed fear set in. And you see, having satisfied his men, his kingdom was torn from him. Some translation says, torn. Your kingdom is torn from you, overtaken from him. Do we live to please our Father in heaven? Or to be nice? To be good in the eyes of people? To please them that they may praise us while we feel good about it? What causes us to rush ahead sometimes? I've got some more points for you. But I'll share them with you next week, plus other things too, as we meet together on review by God's grace. Let us pray. Oh, Father God, we thank you for the power of your word this morning. We thank you for what you have spoken to us and how you have opened our eyes to see the truth and the knowledge of your word. Glory to you, O God, in the name of Jesus Christ. O Father, we want to wait for you always. We want to wait for your instructions always, not to rush ahead and cause disaster. Help us to wait. Help us to be patient. Even when we feel like rushing ahead, when we feel compelled to rush ahead and do whatever, help us to wait for you. Help us to wait on you. And as we go about our weekend, finishing the month and into another month, oh, we ask that you will lead us. You will guide us. We do not want to rush ahead on our journey in the new month. Therefore, we ask, Holy Spirit, that you will lead and guide us and help us to be patient in waiting for you. We cover ourselves with the precious blood of Jesus Christ as we go into the new month. Thank you, Father, for all you do. For in Jesus Christ's mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Thank you once more for joining me this morning on Review, friends. And like I said, I'll see you with more points on what causes us to rush ahead sometimes next week by God's grace. So until next week then, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you and your entire household, now and forever. Amen.